Hello, and welcome to Beauty Guides Podcast. You can find us at Beauty Guides Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. We are two beauty industry professionals discussing makeup, skincare, sometimes even self-care. My name is Kelsey. I'm a licensed esthetician and educator. I'm Lauren. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a freelance hair and makeup artist. Today's topic is sunscreens we're grateful for. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Happy Black Friday, Thanksgiving, Indigenous Heritage Day. And if you don't celebrate any of those, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hopefully you're off work. I am. So that's very nice. Uh, It's nice when a corporate job gives you Black Friday off because I've definitely had corporate jobs that did not give me Black Friday off. And it's like, what? Why are we all here? None of us. Mm -hmm. Even nicer if they pay you for it. Yeah, I am Mm. getting paid today. Good. I'm happy for you. Anytime I'm getting paid, I'm happy. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Okay, so. I'm going to start off by talking about hair because I have been adverse to the hair world for a very long time. And I was looking and did you know Flower Beauty makes heat tools? I think I saw something about Drew posting about that. Um, I think it's fairly new. I'm Googling it right now so I can play along with you. Um, but what were you seeing in her line that you liked? Well, she's got curling irons and she's got blow dryers and she's got waivers. And I think she may have had a straightener, but just kind of all of the heat tools. And so I actually was looking to invest in a curling iron. Um, and so, you know, for years, the curling iron I had was a Revlon curling iron, probably from 1980, 1998. Um, and it was covered in hairspray and somewhere (laughs) along my moves, I, you know, got rid of it because I really hadn't curled my hair since college, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't something I was interested in doing anymore. And then now I've kind of like getting back into that world. Um, so I, I think I'm going to buy one of her curling irons. I think I'm going to do it because I think that's cool. I did want to give a little, um, a little thing to the listeners. If you are in the market for any type of hot tool and you want something very inexpensive, rather than going for your Revlon or Conair, which I actually think do very adverse things to your hair. I think they cause a lot of damage. Um, go for hot tools, which they sell at Ulta as well, but I'm looking at Drew's, um, hot tools on here. And she does have a curling iron. She has some very fun hot tools. Um, mm-hmm. She even has that blow dry round brush. And do you know what size curling iron you're going to buy, Kelsey? Um, I think I was going to do a one and a half inch. Perfect. Oh. I think that is perfect for your oh, hair. Oh, I picked a right one. You okay. did. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I've had the one inch and the one inch is a little small. Um, And my hair, I think it, the one inch worked when my hair was shorter, but mm-hmm. truly this is, you know, Lauren knows me like in my previous life where I always had pretty short hair. I was always like shoulder Mm -hmm. length or above. And in my like adult 30s, I have this like long, really long hair now just because it's easier to pull back. But I just I wanted something a little bit bigger that I thought would be better for longer hair. It's going to be such a game changer for you. Um, I recently just switched from the one inch to the one and a half um, in my own hair, only because I keep my bigger curling iron in my hair bag. I don't have one that I own myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I grabbed it out of my hair bag and I curled my hair and the curls were just so... um, 
big and bouncy mm-hmm. and effortless. I love the look so much more than when I was curling it with a smaller curling barrel iron. Mm-hmm. So I always went for a smaller curling iron because my curls do not stay. So I guess mm-hmm. in my mind, if I did them tighter as they fell through the day, like I would get more of a curl out of it. Right. But I think that because of that saying has been around forever. And yes, it is true. But I think some of us don't get to our actual hair goals or hair dreams because we stick by that rule. And there is something so beautiful about a barely there wave. You know, like maybe, maybe it is in the hair, maybe it's fallen some places, but it's just so pretty. And I think in the um, consumer world, people should be getting into it more. Yeah. And, you know, so as I'm on this hair journey, I realized that I need hairspray, right? And so then Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, shopping by myself for hairspray. And I realized that there's finishing spray and there's working spray and there's textured spray. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to need an entire episode on mm-hmm. these hair sprays and what the difference yes. is because I don't, I I don't understand. I would love to. I also feel like I'm rediscovering my love for hair. I feel like yeah. when I moved to Charleston, I kind of went more the makeup route for mm-hmm. a little bit, which was a lot of fun, but I'm definitely getting back into the hair world and the hairstyles and kind of falling in love with it and the products all over again. And you're right. There are so many different types of hairsprays that were introduced to us because I'm even thinking on top of it, there's now wax sprays, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, in the hair. And um, they're all amazing. They all have their own, um, reason for why you should use it in the mm-hmm. hair and they all come with some amazing results. So I would love to do some episodes on that. Perfect. Also, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, you recently did a Batiste rant on, oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> which was so funny guys. You guys really should follow Lauren on Instagram. It's really funny. You get some really good rants. It, it always inspires me to like rant. I was like, I should rant more. She's always, I, I like a good rant. I always feel so <laughs> bad afterwards. Like, you know what I mean? Like someone's going to be upset or mm-hmm. I just was putting negative energy out there, but it makes me laugh when other people laugh and I'm like, okay, this is fun. Like we're allowed to like not like things and have our reasons. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you as someone who switched over to professional brand dry shampoo, there really is a difference. There's such a difference. You know, when you're only used to Batiste and you think that's what dry shampoo is, you, you really have no idea. And the best thing I can like, um, like refer it to is when I switched from contacts that I would wear for a month to daily contacts. And I was like, Oh, my eyes don't have to like hurt all day, every day. They can actually feel okay with contacts in because I was so used to the subpar of having to wear the one pair of contacts for a month where your eyes just feel so irritated all the time. That's what, just what I assumed what wearing contacts felt like and like using Batiste and having that, just that gunk in your hair. And it just, and people would always ask me be like, Oh, did you color your hair? And I'd be like, no, it's just got a lot of Batiste in it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And I think that's the best way to describe it. It leaves a residue of gunk in your hair and professional products do not do that. Another Mm -hmm. thing is Batiste started coming out with, um, colored dry shampoos Mm -hmm. for different hair colors. And I think a lot of females use it when they have, um, gray at the root to Mm -hmm. conceal that. And I understand why, but I have been personally victimized by all of these color dry shampoos as well, because when I'm doing hair that has used that, it's all in my fingers. Mm -hmm. Um, it gets on my hot tools, the way that it transfers, it's just not good. And I'm just here to say that if you try a professional brand of a dry shampoo that has color in it or any of the hair fibers that have color in it, you probably won't see as much transfer as you do um, in the Batiste. But it is funny since I made that TikTok because then I had a wedding that weekend and I showed up and the bride was like, sorry, sorry. And like had a can of Batiste there and was like hiding it. She's like, I know you don't like this stuff. (laughs) I was like, it's fine. I just 
just want to save someone else from yeah. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and especially like, and for anyone who has questions about hair and hair health, um, Lauren really did the work and we did a three part hair series on shampoo and washing your hair and everything like that. And the biggest thing I took away from that is things like Batiste that leave that grit on your scalp that can really impact your hair health and hair growth because it's mm-hmm. scalp health, you know, is the roots of the tree. And so, you know, just for overall hair health and scalp health and skin health, I mean, it's mm-hmm. all connected, you know, you really should go for professional brands. I agree. Yeah. Thank you for backing me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So I made a new hair purchase mm-hmm. this week. Um, I purchased my first round brush hair dryer. Um, how this came about was pretty interesting. So in my thirties, I, um, slept like, I always sleep like a fetus. You know, I like to like curl into myself. And um, I was definitely in that blackout mode of sleep where like nothing was bothering me. And I had curled my fingers into a little ball and then I had slept with my face on it the whole night and none of the circulation was going (laughs) through my hand anymore. (laughs) So for two days, I literally could not move my hand, could not bend my hand at all. And um, on Tuesday, I actually had a wedding that I had to do and she was a female that was mixed and had super textured Mm. hair and wanted a super smooth blowout. So Mm. I was so worried about not being able to get that tension in the hair for her. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this would be a really good time to try one of those um, brown brush hair dryers out. So I went and got the fabulous version. Um, I got it in a bigger size. It's oval. And I have some thoughts on it. Kelsey, have you ever used anything like this before? So these are really funny that they're popular right now because I used one of these in high school. So I'm thinking circa 2003, 2004. I remember like definitely sophomore and junior year. This was a big staple because Mm -hmm. I had very, I had short hair, but I like to flip it out. And I mm. was not able, I just didn't have the skill to be able to do round brush and blow dryer like two handed. I just don't have that skill. And mm-hmm. I know that's just a muscle memory thing, but I just don't have it. So for me, that was the easiest way to flip out my hair. And it, it's, and no one really used, like, I mean, I used it, it was my sister's. So she was probably using it in the nineties. I mean, all of my, all of my tools I inherited from my sister. So they were all from the nineties and it, it was just, you know, we used that a lot back then. And then that kind of fell off because I think we were more into like the sleek straight hair. Oh yeah. Good point. Right. And then straighteners came out. And then so straighteners, you're right. Yeah. Right. And then we started flipping our hair out with straighteners mm-hmm. or curling irons. And then we saw the beach waves, you know, and now we're back to these like really voluminous looks. Nineties blowout. Really nineties right? blowout, nineties supermodel blowout. And so, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I'm seeing these like hair bl- dryer brushes everywhere. And I'm like, these have been out forever. See, that's how I felt when everybody was like ooing and aahing when they were coming out. I was like, am I missing something? Like, we've been doing this. Like, if this is version 2.0, I'm, I'm so down to learn about it. But I was not as impressed as everyone else. Yeah. Um, but I will say, yeah, I think the technology is really good um, for, like you're saying, like people that can't use a blow dryer and um, a round brush at the same time. Great for anyone that maybe has an injury, any type of disability. Um, great for the ends. And if you have those like flippy styles or you like it really um, curled under. But I do have to say, I felt like the queens that were telling me that I had to get this round brush hairdryer are people that always talk about how much they love volume in their hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't think it's a tool for that. So the volume that you get in your hair comes from lifting the hair up at the root and getting that heat under there. And then usually making the hair stay in that formation or teasing it at the end. So I think the round brush hairdryer is phenomenal for many reasons. I think it's a tool just like anything else. Just like if you like to use a straightener, that doesn't mean everybody in the world needs to use a straightener. You know, that works for you. So I think it's great that it's out there. I'm glad that they've updated the technology because the old ones um, definitely could get your hair stuck in them oh, a little yeah. bit more. Um, I also feel like the older versions, the heat that would come out of that, it was a lot more heat, which is a oh, lot yeah. more damaging to the hair. Because the first thing, reason I didn't want to buy one, I was just very skeptical about air coming out of the barrel. Um, mm -hmm. Because to me, I didn't think that would smooth frizz as well. Um, and I just like having, being, um, in control of my airflow and my heat yeah. flow and where I put that on the hair. Uh, but I think it's really cool. I'm glad I tried it. I'm going to keep playing with it a little bit, but that's just my update okay. on the round brush hairdryer life. <laughs> well, you want to hear my prediction of, okay. So I think this round brush hairdryer comes from kind of the Dyson, uh, air wrap stuff yeah. that we're seeing. I think this is kind of the solution to that, but I'm going to, you're going to hear it for here first. What we're going to see the next wave is, is going to be hot rollers. I'm telling you. Oh, they've already you. been saying Velcro rollers are back Velcro, and stuff like that. And I'm like, rollers. baby, they never left. Like, <laughs> I've been doing what? it this whole time. God, I had yeah. my mom's 80s hot rollers. That's what I they, used to use. They, me too. Like when you said inherited hot tools, mm -hmm. it really brought me back because I truly think our generation of people, we inherited all of the 80s and 90s hot tools because, yes. you know, our generation wasn't as, I guess, high maintenance, you could say. I had I had Conair. They were yep. like rubber, different uh -huh. sizes. They would get so hot too. That's the other thing. Those tools back then, they would get that's, so hot. That's what I'm saying. Like they would get so hot. I had my mom's and they had a actually like velvet um, barrier Ooh. around the curl, but they got so freaking oh, yeah. hot. Like I would burn my hand on them all the time, but I was obsessed with them. I was, I was, I would get up for school every morning and like put my hair up in hot rollers uh -huh. and they would yep. sit in there while I would do my makeup. Like where, yep. where was I going? First period? Like where? To school, duh. And like I walked to school. There's no way my hair survived my walk to school either. Like it's so funny, but yeah, I I'm calling it now. I, you know what? Maybe I'll go get a pair of hot rollers too, because I love some hot rollers back in the well, day. They're be so easy because I, they're just not as hot anymore. That's mm. just all I have to say because, um, I had a photo shoot last year. Gosh, it was so fun. So a woman, um, requested to redo her and her mother's glamor shots oh from the nineties. They had amazing. the original pictures. Yeah, she did it as a gift to her mother. It was so sweet and it was so fun. But I went and bought hot rollers and stuff to um, create that look. And they just were not doing it for Man. me like the old ones did. Man. You should. Too bad we can't like bust out those those vintage ones we had. They were vintage when we were using them. So They were. Someone has to have one. Tag sure. us on face on um, Instagram <laughs> if you find like your mom's or, or even if you just have hers and you still use it. Because I hear girls say that all the time. They're like, I still have my mom's like hot roll set. I use it sometimes. Oh my God. They just don't make them like they used to. They do not. And you know, the technology too with like the heat, I just feel like they would never die. You know, no. they, they, it was just good stuff back then. No, but I definitely remember like the pain of like towards the end burning my hands to get my hair set in those rollers. 
Like, yeah, and also, I don't know if you had to go through this, but, like, the ignorance of not knowing, like, which curls to use. So I definitely had some that I would put the tiniest roller, like, in oh. the front of my hair. And then, like, that <laughs> curl that will never, like, stretch out and it's really scary looking. That was another oh, growing pain. God. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, when I was at Ulta, I was also looking for some good products to kind of um, smooth out natural curly hair. Mm-hmm. And it's so bizarre because you're not really seeing those products anymore because Mm -hmm. we're kind of in the curly girl era where Mm -hmm. everybody's trying to find products to enhance their natural curls. Um, And people have really strayed away from taking their curly hair and making it straight. I think a lot of people have the misconception that it will over damage your hair. And if you have certain types of hair and you are overdoing it with the heat, absolutely that will happen. But I do think that probably, I mean, that's probably just so trendy right now. And I think in the future we'll probably get back to those products. Um, especially, especially culturally as we're all loving each other, mixing races, like Mm -hmm. we're going to have a lot more people with different hair textures and types that are going to want different hairstyles. So Mm -hmm. that'll be fun. Yeah. I think the sleek hair is, is like you said, like really out right now. And right now it's like Mm -hmm. that big nineties volume hair, but you still need sleekness to the curls. Like you still don't want flyaways and things like that, but yeah. Like I still need to be able to like help with that frizz that might happen. Um, when you have like more textured hair and stuff. So I just wasn't finding a lot of that stuff. I mean, I even get frizz and breakage and things like that. And I don't have textured hair. So 100%. Yeah. But one thing I will say that you've taught me is like, you know, I, and I fully believe this is all comes to marketing is like the heatless stuff is like really, um, kind of playing on fear mongering that you need to be scared of heat and heat is damaging to the hair. And that's not necessarily true. Now, if you are overdoing it and you're not protecting your hair, of course, but it's like how, Oh, about like today's episode, you can still go out in the sun and enjoy yourself. You just need to wear your protection. No, you're so right about that. And it is all fear mongering. And the funniest thing of all is the products that we have right now are so good for heat Mm -hmm. protection. And we have so many good heat protectant products. The heat protectant problem was really a problem in the early 2000s when we had come out with straighteners and we didn't have the heat protection. And we were starting to. I remember Chi came out with it. Um, But yeah, we were just doing a lot more damage to our hair and it is it isn't like that anymore. Well, and remember also, we used to iron our hair. Like, yeah, (laughs) I was also thinking about the invention of the wet to dry iron, which is just the worst thing ever. They'd be like, take your wet hair and and straighten it with this flat iron and it will be dry. And it's like, how can anyone not have a brain enough to process that through and just realize that it's not going to happen? Oh, I mean, we lived for that, that sizzle noise. If your, if your hair did not sound like you were cooking bacon, you know, you weren't doing it right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Don't take me back. Um, a little pop culture news that mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about since we haven't spoke since it happened was Aaron Carter passing away. I know. I I have to say when I heard it, I wasn't super surprised. No. Uh, sad, obviously, because we've all kind of watched that kind of tragic decline of, you know, from Aaron's party to where yeah. he's been. I think, honestly, the last time I saw something with him was um, he did. So Steve-O has a podcast mm-hmm. um, and it's actually really good. And I tend to watch it on YouTube versus listen to it where he has uh, people from Hollywood, generally recovering addicts, just kind of talk on about 
um, their experiences, what they went through and not necessarily people who are always sober, sober, but like Mm -hmm. I used to have a problem with cocaine and now I just drink wine casually kind of stuff. And Aaron was on there and he was talking about meth and he was implying that he was sober. And Steve-O was pretty quick to point out like, Mm, I think you're California sober. And he was like, yeah, yeah, California sober. But now I'm wondering, and this is speculation, and I don't like to speculate, but I'm wondering, because he was saying he was California sober, I know that if you smoke that synthetic... Um, mm, yeah. That's the, laced with fentanyl sometimes. Well, and that synthetic stuff um, can, yeah, trigger, it, yeah. can trigger a little bit of psychosis too mm-hmm. as well. So um, I, I'm wondering if maybe that was what, was um i didn't see the official cause of death was it an o it was an od so they say it was an overdose but he was in a bathtub and then drowned um okay. you know it's just I, i'm with you and all that i also had a client yeah. that told me that she was trying to understand what huffing was um oh. she's a little older but i do agree with you that i think he had done so much stuff to his brain that yeah. he had already witnessed such a traumatic childhood and his mom is such a dumpster fire of a human that I think that no matter what he was doing, he wasn't living in this reality. Mm -hmm. If he was sober, the way that his mom, you know, messes with his mind, like he's not living in a reality there. And I think when he does drugs, it's just kind of like easier to make that excuse, you know, like I'm, I'm doing this to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the TikToks were so fascinating to listen to with people like, bringing stuff out about the reality show they had mm. like back in the early 2000s and all of that. I, I hope they kind of, um, I hope they organize their thoughts on what happened to him and they come out with some type of documentary. Cause I think it is really important to see about generational trauma and yeah. that it's not okay. Sometimes it's their parents yeah. that had trauma that are passing on the trauma and just keeping that going like well, killer Sally. And, and he was, <laughs> He was really young when when his brother got famous. He was it sort of reminds me of Jamie Lynn Spears, like just mm-hmm. super young and then instantly famous, like not even able to like have a teenage some teenage formative years yet. It was just no. like it was yeah. just like you're 11 years old and you're famous now. Um, yeah. And they say pe- the the children who get famous like mentally they stay at the age where they got famous at. And, mm-hmm. and I and I do say his behavior kind of mimicked like a because he talks openly about going bankrupt, like mm-hmm. all of his money being gone by the time he was 20. Right. Yeah. And, a lot of that had to do with his mom, though. Yeah. Like, if you get well, into like what his who his mom is as yeah. a person, like it is just not OK. Also, yeah. speaking of co- podcasts, he was supposed to be on Christy Carlson Romano's right. podcast right. and um, he didn't show up. And that's why. Right. And um, actually, her podcast is great. If you, I love it. I started listening yeah. to it. I really, really like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. her. Po- I listened to it because she had Allison Stoner on when Allison Stoner was being pretty vocal about the um, what is it? toddler toddler to train wreck pipeline about childhood Mm. stardom um Mm. but then i just started watching all of her episodes and and christy carlson romano is um very well spoken Mm -hmm. and very interesting to listen to and i enjoy her guests that she has on and i think aaron carter would have been a very interesting guest because aaron carter was kind of a disney kid not officially but like Mm -hmm. he totally was but disney adjacent because the backstreet boys and all of them were disney adjacent because of being they start in orlando and you know just all of that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah yep very interesting rest in peace i hope he is at peace now just a sad story yeah 
Yeah. So um, I'm trying the CauseRx Retinol 0.5% serum with squalane. Um, yes. If you've never listened before, squalane is an ingredient that we love here at Beauty Guides. It's super moisturizing, um, hydrating, and a little bit plumping. Mm -hmm. I am really loving the CauseRx Retinol. Um, and I also purchased a small bottle of pure squalane on the side just mm. because I think it's a really good ingredient to have in your arsenal as we're... Um, getting up there in age and you may see some like fine lines or just need some added hydration in certain areas of the skin. It will be there for you. So I am going to look up this retinol right now. So the squalane is really nice because um, retinol can be irritating to the skin and squalane um, is an oil that provides skin uh, just reinforced barrier. Uh, to make sure any irritation that may be coming from the retinol is, is kind of negated. It looks like there's also vitamin E in here. So let's look at the form of retinol. Oh, nice. Squalane is the first ingredient. Soybean oil. Okay. So it says pure retinol. So I'm not quite. Okay. So retinol. So that's going to be um, kind of your middle tier. Your middle tier okay. there. Classic retinol. So that's going to be above the Luna. Okay, cool. Because I needed yeah. something that was not Luna and mm -hmm. I had stopped retinol all summer, which I think is important for people to hear. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I think when you go to a dermatologist, we get very retinol happy. Um, I've been having mm -hmm. a lot of conversations in the my local makeup artist community about a lot of brides coming to us and their skin is just like flaking off and they're going through these such bad uglies and their dermatologist is just like, it's your wedding, use retinol all the time. And like, mm -hmm. that's not always the case. It's, it's a great tool. But for me, I am in the sun a lot all summer, not because I want to be, but just because of where I live. So I actually just kind of like, don't really use it that much during the summer because I can do that during the winter. You know what? I'm on the CauseRx website and they're having a Black Friday deal and it's on sale. So if anybody <laughs> wants to get it, it is on sale. What is it? It's on sale for $18. Yes. Another thing you're going to see on there is that they're selling the Cosrx Retinol and the Snail Mucin Moisturizer as a bundle for skin cycling. And oh, I just thought that was a marketing genius beautiful. whole situation. Yeah. Check out our uh, snail episode if you have questions about snails and if you need them in your life. And the answer is you do. And, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and that's a really nice pairing, again, to kind of negate any negative impacts from the retinol. That's great. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the podcast I told you about last episode, the one that uh, you, you may hear a familiar voice on it. Well, you <laughs> may hear another familiar voice on it soon because I did a movie review. And so Ooh, it, uh... the movie was a lifetime movie called Mother May I Sleep With Danger. Starring Tori Spelling and James Franco. What? And so it was a remake of the original Mother May I Sleep With Danger from 1998 starring Tori Spelling. And this one, instead of the, the teen girl, she plays the mom. Oh. It is the weirdest, cringiest movie. It's about lesbian vampires. Okay. <laughs> and the scenes with James Franco are in one setting. Like it's the very classic, like, okay, you have James Franco for one day. So let's get all of the shots with him. And uh -huh. James Franco being like, I'm just going to sit right here. You guys film around me kind of thing where like it was, it, he plays a director for like the school play. And it's just him sitting in the stadium seating and the lesbian vampires, the school play they're doing is Macbeth, but they make uh -huh. it really sexual. So it's just the lesbian vampires like groping each other during play practice. 
god, I'm already cringing at the content of the movie, and then knowing that Lifetime did it. Like, I just I tried to watch a Lifetime movie the other day, and I just like I couldn't. Like, just the the whole way they go about their stories, it, it's so weird. It was a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. and even for Lifetime standards, like it was pretty bad. I mean, going into mm-hmm. Lifetime movies, you know what you're getting into, but this was bad even for because like the whole the whole lesbian vampire thing and the Tori yeah. Tori Spelling plays like a homophobic mom and it's like you're not you're just a <laughs> bitch like and it's just so, it's so it makes you so uncomfortable the the rules of vampires make no sense it's like they make you know vampires are kind of like you know they're made up anyway so everybody kind of makes up their own rules but it's like they change the rules throughout the movie about mm. like and it just like it was it, I was like I can't believe I and everyone this. knows that in vampire culture though there are sunset rules that you don't share from <laughs> there are definitely sunset rules like for example yeah. these vampires um a they were out during the day which fine whatever they had two sets of fangs which oh oh okay that's cool but then like they weren't strong all the time but then sometimes they were strong and then there was really confusing about who got to turn into a vampire like it was very strange Oh, wow. Okay, speaking of vampires, did you watch this last season of What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, yes. Do you remember the episode with the cult leader vampire lady yes. who did the cult where they pull out their fangs? Yes, yes. And then God. they all die at the end and she's like, oh shit. God, I love that show so it's much. It's the best show. It really is. I got ads for, um, I think it's Society6, which is like a, a website. Yeah, I like They stuff. have yeah. the pictures of nausea, like the, <gasps> the pictures of them that they show in the beginning, like their old historic pictures, like the pictures of them as pilgrims and stuff. Yes. They have those. I was like, man, I kind of want to buy the one, the one of Naja as like a Greek goddess or whatever. I mean, I would love to have a little altar like memorial yes. wall of like Naja. I just think God. she's the greatest. She's I the love best. her style. She's yeah. the best. She's the her and uh, well, I love them all actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I love they're them all. all great. But they're all. I especially great. love the doll. That I, is. They had the doll for sale. I was like, I can't have that in my house. Again. No, yeah, no, too much. <laughs> um, so I watched that. The other thing I started watching. You ever get? You don't really watch a lot of TV, but I get um, in ruts where I was like, I just need something to watch. Like everything that's on, I've already seen. There's something to watch. So I started watching The Sopranos on HBO. Started with season one. Season one came out in 1999. We Mm -hmm. were in sixth grade or fifth grade, whichever. Um, Because I remember Y2K was when we were in sixth grade. Y2Kizzle. Yes. And it's so funny watching 1999 because it's a lot of pay phones it's a lot of um calling people gay it's like (laughs) it's a lot of like um like they beat up a guy outside his job great and everybody stood there and watched but no one had phones or security cameras um it's very it's very nice it just shows you how how much things have have changed but yeah it and you know what's really funny is so the guy who plays kind of a young kid on Sopranos he's like maybe 20 something is now in the new season of White Lotus oh okay so the dad on White Lotus not the grandpa but who it's like the son the grandpa and the dad are you watching Mm -hmm. the new season of White Lotus no not yet okay well there's a, a grandpa a dad and a son who are all in on vacation together and the dad is from and it's so funny because he's like gray like he's an older guy now he's a dad he's like 50s maybe but in Sopranos he was like in his 20s so 
Oh, well, speaking of Sopranos, I was actually like looking at the IMDb because I did makeup for someone that was on the Sopranos this last week when I did the Charleston Literary Festival. Mm -hmm. Eduardo Ballerini. What's his name? Mm -hmm. Corky Caporal. Oh, God. Something like that. That's who he is on Sopranos. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So that was a cool little experience. That, that is a really cool experience. Um. Yeah. So wait, tell everybody about the literary festival that you did. Yeah. So Charleston has a literary festival every year. The lady that runs it um, ran it for like 30 years over in England. And it's been, I think, 10 years over here. So they had me come on as a makeup artist. So I just basically did touch-ups and really light makeup for um, a lot of big name famous authors all week before they went on stage. And then they kind of went on and did like an interview and a bit of a TED talk about their book. And um, then it will be sold to PBS when we are done. But some of these, um, some people, I didn't get to connect with a lot of people, but there were some really interesting authors. Um, The lady that wrote the Sandy Hook book. Um, that's all about the conspiracies and stuff behind that. Um, mm-hmm. She spoke one day. That was really interesting. My favorite speaker of all was Franz DeWall, who's a man who studies monkeys and their behavior. Um, and he wrote a book about gender, and mm. which is such a fascinating topic right now. Um, mm-hmm. So he talked about what gender and the roles were like in monkey world and kind of comparing them to homo sapien world and what we're kind of getting into right now culturally. You know, he kept using the word culturally, culturally and I loved that because I feel like we only go to to politics now right. when there's a whole way of talking about things about culture which means that you don't have to assign a right or wrong to it politically or your feeling right. about it we can just speak you know <laughs> right well and gender and culture is a different depending on which culture you go to now but also which culture you go through historically as well yep. mm-hmm. so uh, that is I actually I do like that as well yeah, yeah. So um, that was that was an interesting week. It was cool. It was nice to get me out of my comfort zone of working with brides and um, mm-hmm. just being around some different people. So that was really nice. I love all these different opportunities that are coming your way because, you know, why we may be uncomfortable initially, we just know that that's growth. And it's just really mm-hmm. exciting to see your career grow and blossom. <laughs> Thank you. Same with you, Queen. We've definitely been through some years of transition yeah. this year. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if I'm ever going to stop transitioning, to be oh, honest. Oh, me neither. I don't plan to. Yeah. Mm-mm. Because then you become stagnant, and I don't want that. Yeah. Me neither. I am I am a learner throughout life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the other thing I started watching is the new Wednesday Adams, the <gasps> Adams Family. I love it. Yeah. Okay. I've only seen the first episode because I know what will happen is like I will watch all of it because. Yeah. I've only seen the first episode, but this morning TikTok kept serving me, serving me videos of this dance scene uh-huh. of her and I can't wait to see it. I don't know if you've yeah. seen the original Adams Family from back in the day, but there's this little clip that goes viral around Halloween and it's like little six-year-old Wednesday and she does all these like very like quirky mod dance moves oh okay so, so you're talking like Jenna, black and white atmosphere? yeah yeah okay. black and white like mm-hmm. there's certain types of dancing that were really popular then especially mm-hmm. in the mod scene and like the lines that the people do with their bodies mm-hmm. and the way that they kind of like twerk out are very I don't know it's very interesting macabre kind of dark um but they have a dance scene at like the school dance and Jenna Ortega does it and she looks phenomenal doing oh, everything cool. she does in this show but I can't wait to see it I love her as a casting choice I yes. I think she I looked her up because I was like how do I know her so she's a Disney kid 
Um, but I think she's a really good casting choice. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to watch this. I'm excited to see what they do with it. I like Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia. Yes. I'm not too crazy about the guy they casted to play Gomez. But I also no. understand that originally the show was a comedy. So they're kind of leaning into that tongue-in-cheek comedy aspect of it as well. Yeah, I read that that was the route the director was going with, so yeah. I definitely respect that. But I just always felt like, even growing up, that, like, Gomez was hot, you know? And, like, the original one, like, he was a handsome man with a nice mustache. So oh, I don't know where in the cartoony era, era we went that he's, like, a short, fat man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't thought, know. I always thought. But I, feel, but I feel bad for Morticia, okay? You know, I just think she deserves better. She's a 10. I always thought Gomez was a creep. I- <laughs> Really? Yeah, I always thought he was a creep. I, I thought that was the healthiest choices. I thought I thought he had like kind of crazy eyes, and he was a creep, and that's <laughs> and then, you know that, that sounds like my type, right? Yeah. And I'm like, he's so dreamy. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've been seeing so many remakes lately, and so much like pull at the nostalgia. I think our generation is really like wanting that comfort of nostalgia and not all of these remakes are good and need to be done and this is one that I'm like no they're doing a really good job and I'm really happy with it they are and I really like the perspective because no one has ever really come from the Wednesday child type perspective no, we mm-hmm. needed that perspective and I also like that she's like angsty teenager like but oh, yeah but there's still a maturity level that Wednesday has always brought right that cynical maturity like she's a an old soul, you know, mm-hmm, she's, she's mm-hmm. very like Victorian era, just like it's very classic. So I just yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it too. I can't wait to watch more episodes. Okay. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into sunscreens? No, I'm ready. Oh, wait, no, we do have one thing we have to talk about. Killer Sally. It? Killer Sally. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Killer Sally is really interesting. It's a documentary on Netflix. I think it was like three episodes, maybe four. Which about- we have to congratulate Netflix. Thank you for finally giving us a documentary <laughs> in the right amount of episodes because they went from like seven to 14 episodes for everything during we, the pandemic. We don't need 10 episodes. We don't. No. Three or Mm-mm. four is good enough. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Killer <laughs> Sally is about these were a bodybuilder couple in California in the 90s. The husband was professional. She was amateur um, and they had ch- well, she had children from a previous relationship. She was a ex marine. Um, and at the time, women bodybuilding wasn't really recognized or it was it was recognized, but it wasn't like it is today. Definitely not taken seriously. And she was definitely one of the the biggest and strongest people that we saw during that time. Um, her husband was very famous for how strong he was. And what it starts out with is she murdered her husband. So he was there was um, abuse in the home physical abuse he was also using steroids to help his muscle growth and gain and so that is not um that's not argued what's argued is the murder occurred but she shot him twice and Mm. the second shot he was on the ground so when she reloaded he was not getting up and coming after her so at that point is it still self-defense that's mm-hmm. so that's what the argument is. That's what this kind of looks into. It also looks into the history of bodybuilding in the 90s and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
So what we're looking at is, you know, the history of the relationship, the history of bodybuilding in the 90s, the impact this had on her children and the people around her. And she was sentenced and, and you know, she's doing the interview from jail. So it, it was a really interesting look at the bodybuilding industry during that time. Also, um, what we talked about is cycle of abuse, because mm-hmm. you do see the impacts on her children. Um, it's a, she had a son and a daughter who are adults now, and they went off. Um, the son ended up getting involved in drugs. The daughter ended up getting involved in a domestic abuse relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was really sad to see it, And also they had a lot of anger towards their mom be- mm-hmm. And then also coming into terms with that as well Which I imagine would take time Yeah, it was a really good documentary If you like true crime, I would totally check it out I thought they did a really good job of just like In their investigation and the things that they did include Because I mm-hmm. I did really like that whole episode That was about like all of the weird things she did on the side To mm-hmm. make money mm-hmm. um, Like she would be beat men up and they would pay for it. Like Mm -hmm. she would just come over and they'd want to wrestle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was asking like my husband if he knew about that and he was like, I've never even heard of that. I was like, yeah, no, she wasn't having sex with him. She was just wrestling him. And he, and he was like, Oh, okay. Well, good for her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, make money where you can. But I mean, I believe it that there's like, um, you know, and it made me think of the, the new Disney show. She, she Hulk, because they kind of mm. went into that where there were guys who wanted just to date She-Hulk. They were not interested in her not in, as She-Hulk. They wanted like that type. You know, there's there's someone out there for everybody, right? Or that's more like objectification. Mm. You know what I mean? They want this kind of idea yeah. of who they are. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. There definitely is. Um, there's kinks for everybody. <laughs> you know, there's a, <laughs> as long as you're harming children or we animals. We don't kink shame. <laughs> <laughs> we don't kink shame. Just leave children mm-hmm. and animals along, alone. Yeah. And, you know, we're all good. And consent. Consent's important very important. (laughs) Okay. Now we'll talk about sunscreen. So before we get started, I want to reference, we have um, a couple sunscreen episodes. If you want, if you need more sunscreen, we have our K beauty episode, which is episode nine. We have a whole SPF episode where I kind of go over the ins and outs of sunscreen. That's episode 38. And then we did a whole episode dedicated to super goop, which is one of our favorite brands. And it's a great sunscreen brand. And that is episode 13. Um, I also did upload all of these recommendations to our shop my shelf as well. And I'm really proud of myself. I didn't slip up on those words. Okay. So I'm just proud of you for uploading everything to shop my shelf. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. <laughs> so these are the sunscreens that we are thankful for and why. And this is just kind of a roundup. Lauren and I tried a lot of sunscreens this year. We've tried a lot of sunscreens the last few years. Um, and just kind of a roundup of the ones that we want to mention. So Lauren, I'll let you go ahead and start. Perfect. So we um, divided these into nine categories, which I think makes it nice and easy for you. So the first one is our favorite K-Beauty sunscreen. For that one, I chose the CauseRx Aloe Soothing Sunscreen. Um, I love this sunscreen. I love to wear it under makeup. I love to wear it alone. As someone that has more acne-prone skin, I feel like the aloe in it does wonders for me. Also, it's super, super creamy. Um, So I just feel like I've done all the skincare when I've only used one product after this. Mm-hmm. And aloe, you know, aloe is one of those ingredients that is only going to benefit your skin, especially if you're going to be out in the sun. So absolutely. 
For tinted, I recommend the Color Science Sun Forgettable Total Protection Face Shield Flex SPF 50, which is its full name. It comes in four colors, but it also has a bronze shade, which goes even deeper than the four colors. I like this as a tinted sunscreen, not really as makeup, but it is a fluid sunscreen. The problem with tinted sunscreens is you generally aren't wearing as much as you're supposed to be because of it's a makeup texture. But this one being a fluid, you can really make sure you're wearing the appropriate amount of sunscreen on your face without extra like heaviness to the skin. Yeah. So the next category is waterproof. For that one, we chose the Misha Sun Essence Waterproof Sunscreen. This is a sunscreen by Misha. You may have heard that name before. If you've listened to the podcast, we are always screaming about the Misha BB cream. We really like their line in general. It is a Korean beauty line. Um, this sunscreen comes out extremely watery in the hand. So you almost have to catch it, like cup your little <laughs> hand before you put it in there. Um, and then you just kind of, you know, rub it all over in between your fingers, put it on your skin. And it's such a nice light layer. And it also gives you such a glowy look, which I really appreciate. Number four, mineral. Oh, one second. Oh. I had to say this has been my, this was definitely my hot girl walk sunscreen oh. for a long time because of the waterproof factor. Okay. So this is, that was the hot girl walk sunscreen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so for mineral or sensitive skin for this, I'm going to recommend the pipette brand. It's their baby SPF, um, SPF 50 that when I had really bad dermatitis all over my face and eyes, this was the one thing that I used religiously every day. And because it has squalane in it, I really think it contributed to calming down my dermatitis. Also zinc is the SPF agent in it. And zinc is very anti-inflammatory. So this is going to be really good if you have sensitive skin or even acneic skin. I like this one too, because it's really, really thick and creamy. So when you do have that sensitive skin or your skin is inflamed, it really does soothe it. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. for no white cast, this is the Misha's sunscreen essence. So this is different than the waterproof version. This is just the sunscreen essence. I made went back when I was in the classroom, I made all of my students of every color try this. And I can fully say <laughs> this one gives no white cast. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, most innovative, the vacation brand Classic Whip SPF 30. This is the whip cream sunscreen. <laughs> so this looks like a full-on ready whip. Like everyone I've showed this to, they're like, why do you have whipped cream? But it's sunscreen. Um, this was super fun. The vacation brand is really, they're an Australian brand. And they're very much into the nostalgia of like 80s sunscreen. Like they are sun, they made a perfume in sunscreen scent, which is that like classic sunscreen scent. Like they're really into retro packaging. Um, but this one is so fun. And if you are maybe have kids or someone in your life that doesn't want to wear sunscreen, having this like ready whip, whipped cream sunscreen, you know, <laughs> it makes it a little more fun. And because it's that texture, super easy to spread on, super easy to apply. Kelsey has a video on TikTok of her applying this oh, sunscreen and, and it's really fun to watch because it <laughs> truly is a whipped sunscreen. It, and it was like my full blown first reaction, like uh -huh. true reaction as well. I was like, I got it. And I was like, I'm filming this right now because this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> I knew it was going to be fun. Um, my best sunscreen trick is sunscreen sticks for the back of the hands. Mm -hmm. So back of the hands, they are getting a lot of sun and that's really, they always say that's how you tell someone's age, but it's really because the skin is so thin that it's very easy for them to get damaged. And the problem is when you put sunscreen on your hands is then you go like wash your hands or wipe it off or anything like that. And it's hard to really just target the back of the hands. So for me, I like a sunscreen stick for this and you just like swipe it on the back of your hands. 
I also love the size of the sunscreen sticks. They're mm-hmm. so great for putting in your bags or traveling or just having on hand. They're really small. I keep um, it's the Sun Bum brand stick, but that I keep it in my purse because I'm I'm that person. But if I'm sitting in traffic, mm-hmm. like I'm putting that on my hands. I don't want my hands to get. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Our next product is for makeup wearers or the best sunscreen that's great for reapplication. And that is the, let me get the full name for you because this is important. (laughs) The Milani Make It Last Sunscreen. So I owe Kelsey for trying this first and then inspiring me to try it. It is amazing. It's an actual spray. It's SPF 30. Um, You can spray it over your makeup to set it and then you can spray it later to reapply. So I am a big makeup wearer and I have to wear makeup for work. So sometimes when people are like, oh, just don't wear makeup over sunscreen or whatnot, that's just not an option for me. So I really, really love this product. I do say the one drawback is it definitely will make you shiny after Mm -hmm. you apply it, but it's nothing that a little powder puff can't take down in the Mm T-zone. So good stuff. Well, and also like depending on where you are, I mean, it definitely does make you, you know, it's definitely a like a um, dewy finish. But I mean, if you're mm-hmm. outside or something anyways, you're going to be dewy. Like, I don't know. I see it as, you know, just embrace the dew. Just embrace the dew. You know, I've actually had people comment on my skin when I'm wearing this and I've looked in the mirror and I am quite shiny, but people have always said like, I really like the dewiness in your skin. Like mm-hmm. it just looks healthy, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a difference between being greasy or oily and just like being dewy. And I feel like this gives you the dewy look that you want. Yeah. And guys, so this is in their like setting spray packaging. So it's got a really nice mister on it. It's small enough to throw in your bag to carry around with you. This is really great for that reapplication on the face because that's always a, you know, that's one of the number one questions I get asked and you probably do too, Lauren, is how do you reapply sunscreen over makeup? And so here's your option. Yeah. I can't believe that this has only three star reviews on Ulta. Another thing is, do you know where I love to keep this product? in my car. Cause if I'm at a red light, like you with the hands, mm. I'll be like, Ooh, when's the last time I reapplied? And I'll just, you know, spray my Milani sunscreen. Yeah. And I'll tell you, cause you guys all listen to our sunscreen episodes. So you guys already know, but the UVA, the ones that damage your DNA, they pass through glass. So sitting in your oh. car, you're still getting sun. The terror. <laughs> the That's t- a horror movie for me. <laughs> Um, and our final shout out is an OG fave, which is the Super Goop Unseen Sunscreen. This is the one I have to thank Lauren for. Lauren talked about this one forever, and I just really had no interest in it because the clear looking texture to it, I was worried would be too thick or just like not feel good on my skin. This is the softest, most velvety finished sunscreen. It's so smooth. It makes your skin look really smooth. I love it as a primer under makeup. I love it over makeup. Like I love everything about this sunscreen and they sell it in jumbo sizes too, which is <gasps> they pretty- do now. Yeah. They sell it in jumbo sizes, Ooh. which is really nice. I always say this is the gateway sunscreen. It is. So people that feel that they need to try a sunscreen because they're hearing what is going on with our skin and that we need to be using it. A lot of times they venture into Sephora. This is what they'll sell because it's an easy sell and people will be like, I just love it. And then they're more prone to try a different type of sunscreen, which I'm always about. Well, and the whole thing with Supergoop is they made sunscreen for people who don't want to wear sunscreen. And this is mm-hmm. a sunscreen for people who don't want to wear sunscreen. Totally. Totally. Uh, so those are our, our official sunscreen roundup. So if any of you ask us for sunscreen recommendations, we're officially going to refer you to this episode in our Shop My Shelf. Um, the I want to end on two things. Number one, I want to do a kind of a, a commentary about Thanksgiving. Um, and I think Thanksgiving is different for everybody. And I think sometimes on social media, you see a lot of Thanksgiving, you see a lot of like 
people on social media showing their families and all the food they're making and everything like that. And if that's not what Thanksgiving is for you, then I don't think you need to feel bad about it. For me as an adult, I am very fiercely guarding my time, who I spend my time with, how I spend my time, and especially holidays. And I spent a lot of childhood holidays just having so much anxiety and being so miserable that I refuse to let myself do that anymore. And now my Thanksgiving, I've I spend it with my sister-in-law and it's super low key with my husband and her kids. And like, you know, it's just us eating turkey and our PJs, like super casual. And I see a lot of people with formal Thanksgiving and a lot of family and everything like that. And, and if that's not for you or if that's not what you're doing or that's not your situation, that doesn't mean anything bad about you or about anything that's going on. You can fiercely guard your time and protect yourself. And if Thanksgiving is a day where you get to just sit at home and chill and not work, then that's awesome and enjoy it for that and be thankful for that. I love that. That was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely important to find your own happiness. Yeah. And sometimes that takes years to do and kind of finding yourself and figuring out what actually makes you happy. But don't worry if you have to take a beat in life and just sit around and think about it. And if you have to stay off social media for these holidays, go for it. I tend to get like a little bluesy during the mm-hmm. holidays and it, it can be a lot harder when I'm on the internet. So sometimes you just have to say, put the phone down and find an activity to do. Yeah. And, and it's also hard. Um, I also understand if you don't have family close by that you wish you could be with and you can't because I have family that's on the other side of the country that I wish I could be with. And I also worked in the resort industry. So I was working every holiday. So I didn't get to spend things with my family and, and that can be really hard, but you know, just do things for yourself to find happiness for yourself. I went on a nature walk the other day, the day before Thanksgiving, because I was like, I need to just be surrounded by nature. And I saw a surprise mm-hmm. rooster and that made me feel great. You know, I so saw that. that was so fun. It's, it's very <laughs> just classic Florida. But I think there are things you can be thankful for every day. And if you need to take time for yourself, stay off social media and really dive deep to find those things, then that's what you got to do. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. Every day, uh, people are going through struggles that you don't see and you have no idea. And just because someone's posting something, the picture perfect family on social media, you know, that's the curate content they want you to see that's Mm -hmm. that that's not reality so just remember that so true that was nice of you to say that for everyone yeah well because holidays look different for everybody and and I think about the holidays of my childhood and the holidays of me as an adult and they're totally different it's because I'm choosing who I want to spend my time with that's right and the Mm -hmm. other thing I want to talk about is I just want to do a quick note about Black Friday because it it can I feel like don't you feel like Black Friday kind of took over the entire month this year like, yeah. I feel like Black Friday gets worse and worse every year. And I, I, Black Friday is kind of one of my big problems I have with Thanksgiving is like, you're supposed to be having this holiday about being thankful and grateful and sharing and, you know, loving each other. And then you go fight each other over a Cabbage Patch doll. Like it, it's a just classic consumerism, capitalism. Um, just because something doesn't sale doesn't mean you need it. You know, nope. if Black nope. Friday helps you out with your holiday shopping, then there are things you are already planning to get. That's awesome. We should all save money. And especially nowadays, I feel like I never pay for things full price because there's just so many sales all the time. But just, you know, don't get trapped into the thing of just because stuff is on sale, you should buy it. Or just because it's a good deal, you should buy it. You know, just, you know, kind of keep an eye on the consumerism and things like that. But, you know, just if social media is like a big trigger for you and all the sales, because I know just getting on social media for like an hour this morning, it was like every other thing was about a sale. And I'm like, Kelsey, it doesn't even have to be your social media. It's like, your email, yeah. which a lot of times is like your kind of like work focused mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really bad. There's a lot of pressure coming right now and it's a, 
you know, a lot of consumerism. So if you need to take a break for a little bit to, you know, make good shopping choices, we support you. Listen to podcasts instead. Yes, yes. Listen to podcasts instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next episode is going to be our holiday gift guide. So that's going to be our December episode. Excited to do that one. And I think that's it for sunscreen. Do you have anything else you want to add? No, that was incredible. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Beauty Guides Podcast. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Share us with a friend. Um, check out our whole ass website at beautyguidespodcast.com. And finally, shop all of our favorite things and all of the sunscreen recommendation from today's episode at proshopmyshelf.us slash beautyguidespodcast. And thank you, everyone, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.